0: Welcome back to On Production, the podcast where production professionals share their stories and insights. In today's episode, we're excited to chat with Nicole Jensen, a talented professional who spent over a decade producing and working on live events for acts like Imagine Dragons, Nas, Janet Jackson, and Neil Young. From working as a production coordinator and studio coordinator to managing logistics at music festivals, Nicole has built an impressive career in the live events industry. Now... She's taken her wealth of experience and passion for music to the world of commercial insurance, where she specializes in serving the live event space. Nicole, I'm really excited to have you here to explore your journey, discuss the skills you've gained from your time in live event production, and learn how you're using your unique background to help the music industry from an insurance perspective. Uh, Welcome.
1: Thank you, Cameron. I'm excited to be here.
0: That's awesome. Okay, well, look, let's jump in. Can you tell us about how you got started in the live event industry and what drew you to it?
1: So what drew me to it was actually going to all the punk shows when I was a teenager and, you know, being at Warp Tour and things where you saw all the tour buses around and knowing how much I loved it. And I, I needed like that was my community. That was where I felt the most understood and at home and watching all the tour buses leave was the saddest moment of my life you know like i knew that i had to be there like i had to be a part of it and um you know it was always in the back of my mind but i have a pretty extensive hospitality background um i was a freelance yacht stewardess for um a lot of the mid 2000s and i knew uh, like my roommate had worked for live nation in the catering department and I just kept badgering him. I was like, get me in, you know, but the season is so specific. It's during the summer. So I was originally supposed to do dressing rooms and Live Nation, like, got a hold of me before the catering company could and was like, she's going to be a runner. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but um, I was thrilled. I felt like I was finally in the heartbeat, you know that has started to I mean I I had a good rapport with the production coordinators and the tour managers that I worked with so they would ask me to come and do all the shows in the northeast or work their festivals or um, you know eventually come on tour with them and from there just my career was building you know I mean but I started out as a runner, as a dressing room person, um, I was, you know, like cutting shirts that Drake wore on stage. Uh, just random things that uh, people needed. Like I I could kind of cater to
0: all of it. What were some of those first acts and, and where were you in the world?
1: I was in Philadelphia and um, I lived in Philly. I did actually my first show was Fish and all of them turned out to be my lifelong friends. It was where I'm actually about to uh, witness my friend's wedding. And I met her because I was with all of the women in production for Fish, um, who are still like mostly with them. It's an incredible camp. But, you know, they were talking to me like I should know what was up, because I should. And they were like, we need lamps for the dressing rooms. We need this. We need you to hang the tapestries. Like, we need you to, you know, just giving me a laundry list of things. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. All right. So I didn't to like look stupid. So I walked out of there and I was like, girl, I need a girl. Like I need someone that can help me. And I see this woman, Lindsay, and I was like, girl. And Lindsay is now the one I am officiating. I'm not, I guess I'm not officiating. I'm witnessing in St. Louis, but, uh, Lindsay showed me where the lamps were. She worked with catering. Now she actually, she is an entertainment attorney and Fish's dressing room person Uh, and opening up another like music rehearsal space in the Midwest. Um, But she'll be their in-house counsel too. Anyways, I like to brag on her and all of them. Uh, But they just took a shining to me. I don't know. We just connected and... I made friends with the production coordinator and the tour accountant, and they started hiring me for Bader Field in New Jersey, and I would, like, go out and share hotel rooms with random strangers, and um, it it just kind of work my way up, which, I mean, I, I was no stranger to doing that. Like, in the yachting community, I once had someone call me, and they were like, we can't tell you anything about this, but we needed to fly out to a private island and it's royalty and you know like are you we can't tell you anything you're gonna take the job you're gonna be a bartender and I was like you know but everyone thought I was going to be human trafficked it turned out I was on this incredible island in um the waywards in the, in the Bahamas for several months it was great uh so you just say yes to the adventure um and so Basically, like, I, I started working with Fish. They kept getting me gigs with Neil Young and with different uh, Lambda Productions, who was a part of Firefly. And then it just, it kept going. Like, oh, I was then the production coordinator for the first Okeechobee Music Festival. And then I was literally all, Stephanie Yeager, you're the woman, I love you. She has launched my career. Uh, she's vicious tour accountant and one of my best friends and just kept getting hired with Neil young and then i was his production coordinator and farm girl i would go on stage before every show and i would sow seeds and i would water fake plants um <laughs> i was a part of the production as well as running the production with uh, my production manager and so It's just been a whirlwind of referrals and, you know, people that I became friends with. I mean, two of them, one of them now has a tour travel company. And um, I met her when I was, she was with Rihanna and I was the runner. She's like, I love you. Can you do all the shows in the Northeast? So I did. And I moved to L.A. in 20... 14 15 and she was like we need someone to help with uh stones rehearsals so who might have say no to that and they were both uh the tour managers for it so i was then the runner for the stones and also advancing neil young's tour and um i became friends with so many people in that party that it sprouted to me going to London and hanging out and like going to their birthday parties and being the studio coordinator in Cheswick in London where it was just like me and Don was, the coolest man on earth um, and his engineer and um, the band and hanging out and just being their glorified errand girl, which is fabulous. And I did that in LA in 2019 before I moved. And, um, 2017, I was kind of off the road for a little bit and just working locally in LA because, you know, I wanted to like have a, a more of a grounded existence for a minute. And I was at my friend Ramey's house, who was, is the one with the tour travel company. And, uh, She was like you know imagine dragons need a new production coordinator and I have a feeling that you and the production manager will be peas in a pod like I just feel it and her and I have always had this connection where I mean immediately she was like I love you let's be friends and we've maintained our friendship and and our working relationship you know ever since the first day we met when she, she was on Rihanna and it turns out me and Matt Miley, the production manager, are peas in a pod, um, and we've gone around the world uh, with Imagine Dragons and Janet Jackson. And you know, I, I I then started picking up gigs for another friend I met with Nas. And between that, it kind of all came to a close last year. I mean, obviously, the pandemic played a big part in a touring hiatus.
0: You know, it's interesting, you know, the production industry is such a people business, you know, from speaking with Kevin Lyman, the founder of Warp Tour, speaking with other producers in the indie film world. It is so people-oriented, who you know, working together, building trust, and then executing these really complex productions together. I'm curious... You know, I we'll, we'll dig into kind of your transition into production and live event insurance in a minute. But, you know, as you were building this deep competency of how live events work, specifically music events, were there any key experiences or roles that you took on while working in live music events that really you felt got you totally up to speed um, with your head around how these types of events happen and what it takes to make them successful.
1: I completely forgot that I also ran a venue in a casino. So that helped. Uh, Being a runner from Live Nation, I always knew I wanted to advance. So I spent a lot of time with the production coordinators, the local production management, asking questions and just like being as available to to kind of be an earshot to what was going on and how they were settling the tours and the way that they needed to advance the dressing rooms and just all of those little details you kind of listen for and ask questions and um, when I was at a casino called Rebel which is now under new management and something else but that was in Atlantic City I had just a crash course in learning about hotels. Um, I saw their contracts. I dealt with taking their contracts, you know, and seeing our deal, and basically xing everything out that wasn't involved. Uh, sending it to our legal department, becoming friends with them, our accounting department, and and literally, I was working hand in hand with housekeeping, security, transportation. I mean everyone that made that hotel function was in my on my team so it gave me an incredible insight to and also I was able to go into the hotel systems and, and update the rooms when people would call me last minute but it gave me an incredible insight to all of the levels of you know competencies that you have to have and um working with their VIP programs, uh, their management, their tour management, their agents, um, the agent's assistants. I mean, it gave me the most incredible education in rock and roll, in music and touring. So that was very helpful. And I was great at Excel. It taught me a lot about organization because I had to be. We had two venues and there were always like programming and shows going on. So whether it was a full-time Cirque du Soleil production, or you know, go-go dancers in the bar that I had to maintain, or Alan Jackson playing, or Reba McIntyre, it was just such an incredibly diverse um, learning situation.
0: Related to learning um, over the course of your career in events, were there any interesting challenges that popped up? in the various events that were produced and any lessons that you learned from them along the way
1: i mean i was at an edm festival uh as a vip manager and i mean there was a weather disaster which completely i i watched buses just crash down hills in atlanta i mean they they couldn't get traction they couldn't get people out of there it was such a nail-biting moment of you know the vip program had the the owner had to fly in with my sister actually we had to send all of our crew just home and be like i can't help you i can't bus you out of here i can't save you it's basically like please stick together as a buddy system and get out i mean god i feel terrible even sharing that story it was horrible when you are just helpless it's like a a disaster and i want to be the person to manage the expectations and make people feel comforted and save the day but sometimes you're just as helpless as they are you know and the best advice you can give someone is follow the crowd please get out like save yourself um that's horrible but (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, some other hardships, I mean, that are that are not as dire, but you know, being a production coordinator for a first year festival where there were no hotels around the, the property and our vendors that were building the stages weren't getting priority. So they were at hotels an hour and a half away from the property. And also sharing rooms with pullout couches. And these people didn't sign up for that. That wasn't in their contract. That's not comfortable. That's not accommodating. And so I essentially took over the hotel person's job as the production coordinator for the festival. And managed it. Got on the phone with the travel agencies that we were working with. And just worked hand in hand to fix the situation and all of them were so much happier and so much more productive and um you know i also ended up getting hired by our crew company for that they were like wow i redid their spreadsheets it was like you can't send this to me like this there's i i i can't work like this and um they were like we respect that you want to come to work for us (laughs) um so it's all just kind of being kind, but not afraid to be assertive and and helpful. That seemed to get me pretty far.
0: That's great. You know, I asked the question because I think these types of challenges uh, that you've seen firsthand, everything from like a total loss as a result of inclement weather to just improper organization that needs to be handled by switching out who's leading the operation, like those are really interesting lessons that only being on the ground and seeing firsthand what it takes to make a live event successful, can you really understand it and grasp it? And I really appreciate you sharing those, those types of experiences because I think it, it leads very nicely into asking you, you know, how the transition from live event production in the music industry to the insurance industry specifically for live events you know what motivated you to do that and and how did your background in these live events prepare you for your current role as an insurance professional
1: well it's my first um real go at sales and i'm not good at hearing no so (laughs) i think you have to have a lot of uh, you have to have thick skin and be able to really overcome that work because as a production coordinator you don't accept no you know there is always a solution so i think i mean obviously we discussed my dogs and i needed some stability in my life uh honestly you know after covid and not having any like foundation of being like This is, you know, my parents actually uh, told me, get a hypoallergenic dog. We'll watch it while you go on the road. They fell in love with said hypoallergenic dog, got his half-brother. I got the grandmother. She ended up with my parents, and then Romeo still needed a best friend. So, uh, I got, we have a four-dog family now, and I can't leave them with my parents, and um, I can't leave them. So... I'm I'm a homebound mother of two canines, and I'm very proud of it. But I guess I'm evading the question. Um, you know, I needed some stability. Uh, touring, honestly, is a 24-hour job where it was starting to affect my mental health and my physical health. Um, I was getting pretty sick, and I needed to stabilize and have something that was always a constant in my world but i still needed to be in the entertainment space that was very important to me so my company has a growing entertainment division and um my boss was just like my mom worked for the company at the time he was captivated when he saw the tickets i could get him for a show And uh, wanted to know if I wanted to work in insurance. So I did. It was something that is so far removed from anything that I'm used to. And it's also good to keep learning. Because there's a, a cap, you know, where when you're on the road, you can only go so far. And, like, you're not getting retirement uh, funds matched, you're not getting health insurance, no one is really there to look out for your long-term career. And um, this offered me more stability, a 401k, health insurance, uh, something to stimulate my brain.
0: You know, Nicole, it's it's really incredible to hear from you about those challenges that you faced festivals, on the road, and, you know, really seeing firsthand how difficult it can be to produce a great live event. You know, you've transitioned from being on the road and running these really large productions into providing an insurance service to these productions. I'm really curious, you know, how has your background in live events prepared you for your current role as an insurance professional for live events?
1: I feel like I can empathize with the tours. I, I actually uh, just had a situation this weekend where I uh, sold the festival a cancellation policy, you know, based on their weather. And the festival is out in a farm, and you know they updated me pretty much the day that they were loading in, saying we've been rained out all week. Um, our rigs are getting stuck in the mud. We have flooring coming from Atlanta. We don't have the labor to actually put the flooring together we may need to call it you know at least the first day and it was like the second i hear that i'm on the phone with them being like okay what you know here's the insurance adjusters information let's start brainstorming ideas on what we can do to bring in labor to you know uh maybe bus people in um what kind of rest areas parking lots what can we do to help um mitigate this and hopefully salvage the festival like do you have kubotas with the the digging wheels so that you can bring things to the stage it's like no one wants that for their client i mean no one wants that as a fan to have to cancel your big weekend plans i mean like that's something you talk about for months how excited you are to go and see you know your favorite artists so it's like I think that my understanding can you know I, I've already been on the phone with our risk management uh, team from my company being like what can we do to help them you know we can't technically look at their contract and give them legal advice but we can say who's responsibility certain like what's you know their indemnification so that we can help them uh, you know make suggestions on their contracts and point them in the direction of a council and like you know maybe reword things so that they're less liable and also look at their contracts and go on the ground and meet and say this is what we suggest as risk management to do for next year, you know, this is how we can start preventing things and, you know, maybe load in earlier or, um, you know, just kind of brainstorm a little bit about the situation. And I think I understand, you know, from a touring and festival background, the amount of time it takes to really put together an event and how long people are on the ground for multi-stage festivals you know i mean it, it takes a a village
0: that's really interesting i'm curious if you can speak to the role of insurance in the live event industry you know like you just mentioned like inclement weather but are there other reasons or other things that um you believe are especially important for the live events and music industry from an insurance perspective like what are there types of coverages uh should live event producers be thinking about
1: up until recently uh, you used to be able to do communicable disease when zika virus was a thing and covid and then people started taking that out of their policies which now that's more available you can start adding it in with um, less of an expense active shooter unfortunately um it's it's heartbreaking to have to say that but um you know there are venues that have had it for years and it's a huge expense until something happens and you need it you know I mean cancellation for artists um let's see uh non-appearance it's something that they want to have as well as the um promoter because you know it's if they get sick or if a family member gets sick, they're going to need to be able to say like, I'm covered if I can't show up. Festivals want their artists to have it because they don't want to be liable for them. You know, like you need the people's certificates of insurance to be like, all right, cool. Like you've got general liability. You have Inland Marine to protect your equipment. You have workers comp in case something happens to you. Like you need to, cover yourself and even artists that have you know are putting out music as much as you you know copyright your stuff someone can still take you to court and you need to have errors and omissions uh to protect your catalog and and also so that you have money for those lawsuits because they can bankrupt people
0: absolutely I, i think that leads me to another question i'm really curious to ask you which is like When a loss occurs, so a talent doesn't show up or uh, a lawsuit occurs, like what are the common types of claims that you've seen and how much do they cost? Because I think for a lot of folks, you know, in the industry, that's what everyone wants to know. Like, hey, how much is this going to cost me if I don't buy insurance and what types of claims kind of emerge pretty commonly in the, the live event sort of space?
1: You have some artists that notoriously will get on a flight and they don't like the airplane. So they'll get off of it and and they won't show up. So you need cancellation and non-appearance. So it it all really depends on what the contract says uh, as far as who's liable. But um, I mean, the claims for say um, errors and omissions, it really depends on how much your business makes. So... For a $3 million policy, one of my clients just paid 8000 which seemed expensive to him. However, he has $3 million uh, if he gets sued, which you know that it could ruin them and completely destroy everything they've worked so hard for. So, you know, if you are a large-scale touring artist, it can be several hundred thousand for your um not appearance and cancellation but you know if you're a starting artist you can also get a two thousand dollar general liability policy that covers you know a million so it really depends on the scale of your production and your tour and what you need and some people only do the bare minimum which is totally fine as long as you have something to protect you
0: I would imagine that, you know, at a live event, you have all kinds of vendors and entities all interacting together. So you've got like the artists organization, the stage vendors, the light vendors, the sound vendors, vendors all over the place, individuals all over the place. And in the event of something horrible happening and a lawsuit occurring, I would imagine that everyone would be named. So then it just makes sense. I would imagine for everyone to have at the very least a general liability policy and then i'm guessing as well like to your point like okay well now you have potentially thousands or tens of thousands of fans who want their money back for a non-appearance or like the the flows of liability seem really interesting so you mentioned a couple of the types of coverages so there's like workers comp general liability errors and omissions are there other types of coverages very, very specifically to live events that you kind of focus on? And, and what are they?
1: It can be hired in, in on non-owned auto. I mean, your cargo policies. Uh, sometimes people go into different countries and have to have certain coverages because they have to have armed cars follow the trucks around, you know, so that they don't get heisted.
0: I mean, what's interesting though, okay, well, this is a good point, right? Like every event sounds like incredibly different. Like the diversity of types of events and risks that emerge are like very varied. And on one hand, like because you've been on productions for a majority of your career, like you just know the types of commonalities that occur in terms of of losses. But can you talk to me, Nicole, about the role of effective communication and collaboration between, you know, your event producers and then your insurance team just for mitigating risks. Like, do you use a checklist? Do you use like a different sort of like process for understanding the types of potential losses that could have emerge, and then kind of write a policy against that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we look at uh, loss run history, you know any situations that have ever occurred at their festival, what could happen uh, if it's outdoor, indoor, um, the capacity, the promoter background, you know. um, This was particularly interesting. The festival I just did, it's their third year, but the first year that they've had uh, cancellation insurance. So sometimes those can be a little bit more challenging because you they have no loss run history. Underwriters look at the weather history. Uh, you know, I mean, if it's on the beach, like it's, it's definitely going to be higher risk than something indoors at an arena. It depends on the scale, but certainly knowing the layout, their evacuation process, their parking, the general security, you know, what's in their contracts just to kind of get a full picture of what we're looking at and our our risk, you know, to claim ratio.
0: Super helpful and incredibly interesting. You know, it's really cool that you've had, you know, these really in-depth experiences both, you know, on sets at production festivals, at studios, um, and that you've made this transition then over into the insurance world. You know, I want to pivot a little bit just because you have so much experience with live events. You know, what advice would you give to someone entering the live event industry?
1: Don't talk badly about other people. Uh, Be kind, be inquisitive, know when to leave someone you know to walk away from a situation trust your instincts um say yes to gigs you know like be your own biggest advocate find the promoter rep at a venue um tell them you want to start out as a runner you want to do catering you want to be a vip person go to uh conferences you know i mean I still go to them just because I want to have my finger on the pulse. Like I do, Live Production Summit, uh, Polestar. My company sponsors Women of Polestar, and we are currently, you know, in talks of doing um, more events with them. But try to be involved, even if it's volunteering at first. You know, it's like you're not going to make a ton of money initially, and the hours uh, are intense, but if you love what you're doing, you're going to find so much joy in it. And try and take all of those experiences and ask people to get their email and stay in touch with them and how they got their start. And people will promote you. You know, they'll want you around. If they like your company, they want to be around people that are fun and self-starters and ridiculous you know like don't always take yourself so seriously either be able to laugh at something because it is hard you know and just be able to learn from a mistake and apologize and take accountability you know um just do your best
0: that's amazing i have some more questions actually which is which is great um you know i'm curious how important is it for event professionals to understand insurance and risk management in their line of work?
1: Very. You know, I mean, you, we're all different quadrants. You know, we have security, we have lighting, um, audio, rigging, and, and all of those people work to keep their employees safe and the band and the audiences as safe as possible. So, Getting together at conferences is so valuable because we can all feed off of each other's knowledge and say like, wow, you know, I've, I've never thought of that. I've never taken it into consideration. Like, why don't we set up phone calls so that we're always working together to make it as cohesive and tight knit? Like, we're all on the same team, you know, working together to create this like, fabulous utopia for people you know it's the heartbeat of something and um, understanding risk management and insurance is everything because no one is going to come to your event no one will play your event if they suspect that it's a disaster walking in that you don't have dressing rooms you don't have catering you don't have You know, the right security. I mean, there are some companies that can pick out your stalker from a mile away. Uh, You know, to understand that is key to getting the right agents to bring their artists. Um, You know, no artist is going to fly across the country to the world even to be unsafe because they trust their agents. They trust their management. They trust their production to only put them in situations that will keep them healthy, successful.
0: Super interesting. You know, Nicole, I'm curious, do you have any thoughts on the future of live events and the role of insurance in the industry? I'm curious, like, are there any emerging trends or developments you've noticed?
1: Oh, Cameron, this, you, (laughs) this, I myself am, just stepping into this enormous role of an insurance producer so going to you know I mean I go to conferences all the time that right now in May I'm going to one uh about cancellation and contingency so it's like there's always something happening um what was I just at the, the relics music conference which you know that's agents it's a jam band focused um conference but you know learning about kids tours and i mean that's not so much insurance but but it is because there are you know younger people involved and um the the trends in entertainment and vip and you know your proximity to artists to fans and i mean Now people are doing like holograms as the artist and you're taking pictures with them rather than getting up close and personal because of COVID. You know, it's it's keeping them safe so that they can continue to not cancel their shows and um, not have to do all these makeup dates, which makeup dates took up a significant amount of last year's programming for a lot of acts. Um, I think... You know, as far as trends, um, I'm still learning. Uh, But I can tell you, I can help, you know? I can be there to tell you what regurgitate the things I just learned from cyber. Oh my God. I just went to a cyber conference last week in Atlanta and I met all kinds of hackers. I learned about the dark web. Uh, (laughs) But I learned about huge risk that that can present to people and like the amount of planning it must go into a Ticketmaster, a live nation, you know, with their security systems in place and the amount of cyber security you must have to buy because someone can take over and hold you hostage, like or or create worms where all of your, your guests that are buying tickets are also getting ransomware on their computers. It's a, I mean, it's just like enormous, the amount of. Responsibility, all of these companies have to keep people safe. Uh, so I think cyber is an absolute must and a, and a growing trend.
0: That's super interesting. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no doubt to anyone listening that the intersection of technology network technologies into every industry, including live events, like are becoming just so intertwined that you need some sort of precautions, uh, insurance, and protocol for managing those types of risks. It's super interesting. It's almost hard to fathom, but it makes sense. You know, Nicole, I'm curious in your experience, both as a producer and now as an insurance you know professional are there key factors that contribute to a successful event from both a production standpoint and in terms of risk management
1: yeah i mean you know it starts at your stages your barricade um the credentials that you're providing for on stage the staff um the artists the artist compounds the security that protects the backstage areas um to the outside and the ticketing and also you know things like um making sure your artist is not inciting the riot that they see something and say something because they can very easily stop a show and say like even a lot of people will do it if they see a dangerous pit and be like stop like pick that guy up you have to have a lot of people want to see your plans your festival plans um the backstage security um hopefully it's a reputable vendor um or or a promoter that has you know that they've done these festivals before you're not just hopping on the bandwagon of an unknown source because they may not have as much experience, um, you know, hiring the right security vendors, the right EMTs. You have to have medics. You have to have, you know, so much thought put into um, where are you going to take this person if they are dehydrated or hyperventilate or have a drug overdose?
0: You know, Nicole, I'm I'm so thankful that we've had the time to get to talk to each other about event production as well as the risks that occur in production and how insurance professionals such as yourself can help producers in the live events industry kind of manage and thoughtfully operate their productions. You know, I'm curious if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for our listeners, particularly those who are aspiring event producers or considering a career in the live event industry
1: hire a strong team. I mean, there's no shame in, in hiring someone to be your, uh, counsel, your, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Consultant. You know, you, you can hire a consultant that has experience with contracts and, um, vendors and knows their way around, you know, um, hiring the right crew to put together the staging and, work with um reputable agents you know go directly to the source go to the agents go to the management um you can get the routing from them you can see the artist availability you can also see what artists are within your budget you know um you definitely need a plan on your artist's budget and how much you can spare for your staff your um, insurance you don't leave out insurance you know whether you need general liability you need um inland marine for you need to get certificates of insurance from your vendors do not let an artist play without them it is detrimental to you if something happens yeah i mean collect all of the information that you can um God, get your shit together, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nicole, thanks so much. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you and your work and how they can get in touch with you if they have any questions or want to discuss insurance for their live events?
1: Okay. Well, my information is njensen, J-E-N-S-E-N, at higginbotham.com which is a mouthful, but I work for Higginbotham Insurance. Um, We are a large independent insurance brokerage. We have an incredible entertainment program as well as trucking, cargo, shipping, general liability, small uh, health insurance, retirement. But you can call me uh, 678-904-2596. And I'm based in Nashville, and my um, main office is in Atlanta, so I'm there pretty often if you ever want to meet. And I frequent Texas quite a bit, too. And L.A.
0: That's awesome, Nicole. Well, I hope our listeners get in touch and that if they have any questions about the risks that they need to avoid on their productions and the types of insurances that they can buy if those risks do unfortunately happen... I know that they'll be in good hands chatting with you. Thanks so much for being on production.
1: Thanks, Will Cameron.